So something I just want to share with you guys. I have been reading in Nehemiah. Is anybody familiar with Nehemiah? Thank you, Miss Angela. <laughs> so Nehemiah is a cupbearer working for the king. Here's his people are suffering. Their walls are down around the city. He makes a plan, wants to go rebuild the walls, does it in an amazing time frame. He just puts everything together. That's kind of in a short, short nutshell. But I wanted to read this little four verse, four or five verses here. This is Nehemiah 4, 1 through 3. Now it came to pass after... Hold on, I'm nervous. I'm not nervous, actually. I, I got this. I, I'm so good. Just kidding. I'm so good. This is going to be so easy for me. Now it came about that when Sanballat heard that we were all rebuilding the wall... He became furious and very angry, and he mocked the Jews. And he spoke in the presence of his brothers and the wealthy people of Samaria and said, What are these feeble Jews doing? Are they going to restore the temple for themselves? Can they offer sacrifices? Can they finish it in a day? Can they revive the stones from the heaps of rubble, even in the burned ones? Now Tobiah the Amorite was near him, and he said, Even what they are building, if a fox were to jump on it, it would break their stone wall down. There's this part here where he says, <laughs> and he spoke in the presence of his brothers and the wealthy people of Samaria and said, what are these feeble Jews doing? What are these feeble believers doing? Are they going to restore the temple themselves? Man, and I just thought, you know, when you give your life to the Lord or you're trying to do something right <laughs> and you get all these thoughts like, oh, you shouldn't do that. Like, like the one right now, let me tell you one right now. You shouldn't be up here trying to talk about this stuff. You shouldn't make that long two-mile walk from that chair to this little spot here. You shouldn't do any of that. You shouldn't be holding this microphone. You don't have any business saying those are all the thoughts, right? And it's just like the enemy. You start to do something right, and your mind is bombarded with what you shouldn't do. You can't do this. You can't do that. You can't rebuild this temple. If you knew this old temple... Back in the days, it's totally different from what this temple is doing right now. It was This temple was doing other things, saying things that she shouldn't say. But, and it's, it just, I feel like it's just a picture of, you know you're doing something right when all the thoughts in your head are telling you you can't do it. The truth is, is that you can do it. You can share what God's done in your life. You can change this. I've mentioned before, Chris preached a message about the course of this life. And he talked about how um, you weren't, you didn't get to choose the family you were born in. You didn't get to choose the things that happened to you. You didn't get to choose when somebody shut you down or made you feel less than or that you couldn't. You didn't choose those things when you were a child. They were done to you. And in turn, it turns you into this person that you were never created to be. And it's that temple, that's the temple that we're changing. That's the temple that the enemy tries to tell you that you can't do it. I love in here where he says to, oh, what does he say? Restore the temple for themselves. They can offer sacrifices. Can they finish it in a day? Can they revive the stones from the heaps of rubble, even the burned ones? And I feel like that just says... Can they revive who they were created to be? 
Can they revive the gifts that were created for them that God instilled in them? Even the burned ones, even the ones, those reputations that seem like there's no hope, even the things that they've done that seem like that could never happen, right? We all, we all have these things in our lives where it just looks impossible, but it's not impossible. It's not impossible. There's a message I heard years ago, and I actually don't totally remember the message, but this one quote, <laughs> it really ministered to me. This one quote where he said, <laughs> Um, he said, but, actually it was a woman, she said, but God, what's your issue? What's your fear? What's your problem? What is it that you can't do? But God, but God, you put but God in there. It's almost like you put God's butt in there <laughs> and you could do anything, right? <laughs> oh, I got to go. That's too much. <laughs> Bring it back, reel it back, back to PG, back to church. <sighs> Sorry. I think sometimes you know, when you're around those people that start cussing and you just want to cuss. <laughs> that was an inside joke for a couple people that may know what I'm talking about. Not Chris. I'm used to Chris's cussing. I don't let that influence me. <laughs> just kidding. Just kidding. Back. Come back, Holy Spirit. I'll just bring the angels back. <laughs> um, what am I trying to share with you guys? I'm trying to share that the things that have done that you have done or the things that have been done to you don't define you. You're created for greatness. You're created to change the world. You're created to move mountains. And this is probably a little off of this topic, but I think the thing that's been in my mind, one of the things that Chris and I use a lot is the word dialogue. I feel like in a church setting in a religious church setting, not, not this one, not this church at all, in a religious church setting, when people are going through things, a lot of times you hear people say, oh, just go pray about it, brother. Just go pray about it, sister. But they don't really talk to you. Like, all right, I'll go pray about it, but I'm still struggling here. Like, what do I do with this problem in my life that I can't see? And one of the things that we use a lot is the word dialogue. Man, just start having a dialogue with the Lord. Just start telling him what you feel, telling him what you're afraid of, telling him what you want to see, telling him what you want to change, telling him the dreams that you have inside of you. Prayer doesn't mean that you're just on your knees in a dark, cold closet somewhere with hard furniture. <laughs> Speaking King James, that's not just prayer. Prayer is your conversation with the Lord. Awful truth. <laughs> Prayer is you talking to your father, telling him what you feel, telling him what you're afraid of, and telling him what you want to overcome. That's prayer. It's a dialogue. It's back and forth. And he wants that with you so much. And when you take that, when you start having that dialogue with the, dialogue with the Lord, that's going to change your temple. That's going to help you revive those stones, the ones that look impossible, the burnt ones, the ones that you don't look like a stone anymore. <laughs> those. And it just happens out of relationship. You don't even have to go and do anything. Almost, you know, it just, your life unravels these stones. Your life unravels those things that were inside of you, those dreams that you've shut down. I don't know if that makes sense. I feel like I'm all over the place. I think when I first started 
making that two-mile walk from that chair to here. I used to always believe that, um, you know, if you get up here, you have to be able to interpret that word, and you got to be able to interpret it right, and you got to be able to do this because God's going to strike you down. And, you know, it wasn't always just what someone explained to me, but sometimes it's just what's caught in the church, you know, like the understanding of what's out there, what, what they say, what they put on you. And uh, when I started to try to conquer that fear, I realized that I'm just going to come up here and share my heart. <laughs> when I come up here and tell you, it's what I'm going through. It's what I'm learning. It's what I'm seeing. It's what I want for my own life. So, yeah. And I haven't learned how to end these little things. <laughs> so, so I feel like, na, 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 na. <laughs> So, yeah. So, Chris, start walking up here. <laughs> Anyways, I hope that made sense. I hope that made sense, guys. Um, here's a real preacher, Chris Cornelius. Give it up for no. Stop. Goodness, man, that was good. That was really good. Don't lose that that thought right there because we're gonna come back. Um, hey, Marco, I just saw you. He can you grab him, James? I just saw him running upstairs. Unless he went to the restroom or something. Marco, come here, man. You don't have to come all the way up here, but you can stand. I just wanted you to hear me. Man, this morning, you remember a couple of weeks ago, or no, actually a few months ago, when I had that word on a Wednesday uh, about you and intelligence and, and all that stuff? You remember that? Man, this morning, uh, when you walked in, and I, you know, I saw you right there, and you know, we smiled and everything, and man, when you, when you smiled, and you, you, I don't remember what you said, good morning or something, but man, it just, it just was the look that you had. I really felt this morning that I needed to remind you of that word and remind this family here of what was spoken over you and that piece about intelligence. Man, you need to go after that. You're 14 now, right? 13. When are you going to be 14? November. So almost 14. Close. Anyway. But you're, you're at the perfect age where you've got a great family as mom and dad you didn't you're not growing up like most of us did in the environment like what Raquel was just speaking about you have a great foundation a great family a lot of love around you just in that household but then you have all of this household right here that loves and cares about you man and this is the perfect age where your development is happening on different levels at that age and so, man, I just, I just wanted to remind you, and I felt so strongly this morning that you needed to remember what was spoken over you and begin to, man, no matter what, go after that peace about the Father, about the intelligence and His manifold wisdom is what was actually said. Uh, it's out of Ephesians, man. Go, go read it and check it out. But, man, you're going to do great things and change the world, bro, and just begin to step into that, okay? Does that make sense? Yeah? So we're all going to remember to pray for him for understanding with that, right? Yeah? As family? Yeah? So, Father, we just speak more manifold wisdom over him in Jesus' name. Clarity and insight and intellect that only comes from Holy Spirit. Man, you're going to do things that, that nobody else can do, man. You're going to really see things and understand pathways of how to get to solutions that are, that are roadblocking other people, man. It's exciting stuff. So just keep pushing in, okay? All right, and take the trash out when they tell you to. Amen. All right. Amen. Where's all our kiddos? You kiddos ready? Miss Lydia, are you ready? Yeah? 
We've got these world changers here. All right, man. There ain't no junior Holy Spirit, so go learn about him. Ready? Set, go. Amen. See? Blessings as you go, right? Um, so back to this piece, what Raquel was sharing. Um, I, I, I just, uh, we won't be long at all. Um, I want to, I um, we'll have to figure out about the, the worship night because um, it sounds like half our folks will be at the, I'm not even going to try to say that guy's name. Um, is it Lecrae? Is it like the Lecrae? That, oh, he's. So what's that other name you were saying? In a minio. Is anybody else? Y'all know him? Is he? Oh, it's too. Okay. See, we don't know. Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. That's pretty cool. So I think a lot of our folks will be. So we'll, we'll figure out. We might, we might have to reschedule that. But here's, I want to I speak to that for a second, that we're not just looking to come together and play music. I, like this morning, I love what we had up here. I, I, I've been in worship in some form or fashion since 1991, um, and, I, and I love what we have and what we're creating. Lion, I do. I do, man. Don't, don't argue with me right now. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but uh, I do wish that you know, Adriana would pick more songs for her to sing so that I'm not singing so many. That's, y'all can pray for that, right? But I love what we have and what, what we're creating. You know, this, since Mark's come on board and, and these few months, and even as great it is, as it is and the encounters that we're having, we're not looking to come together to just have two hours of us up here singing. Um, Raquel made an important comment where she talked about when you engage in the worship, and here, I mean, y'all, it looks like everybody's homegrown, man. We're 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 pretty free and um, uh, liberal in our worship. If you want to come up here and dance, or lay out on the floor, or stand in front of the speaker, or lean back against the wall, or just sit right there in your chair, it, it's okay. Just and I, I'm serious. Like we've seen some crazy things over 30 years. Uh, keep your clothes on. That's the rule. We don't want to pull the David. Uh, from the Old Testament and worship so hard that our clothes come off uh, somehow, right? Um, but as awesome as this has been and what it is, what we are really looking for is more of a night of encounter. Um, we want to definitely do some worship so that we kind of set that precedence and that platform of encounter and engagement. Because most of us in this, excuse me, in, in our culture and our environment, we we, we worship, excuse me, man, in that way, um, and that kind of, kind of sets us in a platform. Does that make sense? But what we really want is to, to have some worship, but we also want to hear what God is speaking. We want to hear some of you pray out loud and, and, and speak over. Maybe you get a word for someone, and we want to hear that. Maybe, maybe there's something that someone has a piece of, and you have the other part of, and, and we want to just press into more um, than, and I'm not making light of it, but we're not just wanting to come together and sing songs. Does that make sense? So we'll, we'll talk because it really, um, I, I know I already know there's a bunch of people going to go to that concert. So we'll, we'll talk and we'll see, but we want to begin to have these, is it every other month? 
Is that what it is, babe? Every other month. Uh, because there needs to be a place where you as the community get a, a, a deeper chance to get in, 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 uh, engaged, right? Um, there's other things that we're working on uh, about getting you in more engaged as well. But um, anyway, I wanted to explain that a little bit deeper. But um, turn with me to John chapter 14. Very familiar passage, uh, one of my absolute favorites. Uh, the screens are supposed to be fixed tomorrow. Um, there's something electrical wrong in the building, and the landlord's got to dig into that because we've done everything we can. And we'll blame it on Lydia since she's not in here today. It's her fault. Um, praise reports, Marilyn is back home from the hospital. Uh, she's watching right now on Zoom. Um, and um, I'm trying to think. So obviously Sarah, Mary, Larry, Rebecca, and Eric, Eric and Rebecca, whichever way you want to say that, they're all in Honduras. Jim and Kathy are in California. Kathy's watching online today. Um, there's somebody else I don't remember. But, man, we've got, I love the way she worded that. we got family out changing the world all over, right? You know, pretty cool. We prayed. Uh, Megan's here. Is Austin here? He is? Okay. So the other day, Austin, a lot of us, you know, we did the dude thing, right? We prayed for our bro because uh, he's had this big meeting coming up in Arizona. And his company that he's working with, he went over there and had a meeting, and, and I know they got Arizona. Did they get the other states? There was four states. Not yet. Okay, so there's four states on the line. Four states to get more work. And, he, man, he had the, the, the meeting on Monday and then possibly starting some stuff on Tuesday, and it all went great. We prayed for him. Man, like in that moment was an example of what I'm hoping that we can engage in on the encounter nights because... It wasn't just, you know, the pastor that prayed. It was, there was four of us up here, and everybody spoke something different. And it was so amazing, the different insights that we had. Boom, he got that job, baby. That's what we want, right? So now he's going to be in Arizona uh, changing the world over there. But just get back to Megan and to us pretty quick. Yeah, Megan, Megan agrees. All right. Um, the piece that... Um, um, that Raquel was talking about. I didn't, I didn't know where she was going, um, but that whole piece about what's inside of you. So we all know that God created us, right? Okay, one of you. I'll preach over this way. So there's, there, God created all of us as the individuals that we are, right? There, 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 everything about you that um, as you were born from your attributes, a lot of your strengths, uh, those kind of things, he put that in you. Now, what she was talking about, the environment that you grew up in and that you're around the course of this world, you don't have any options on those, and those tend to shape you. I mean, they don't tend to, they do. That's, that's, they do. The course of this world shapes you to a certain point until you get that interaction with Jesus, and he begins to work on all of these different aspects that need to change, that need to be redeemed, or that need to be pushed to the left or to the right a little bit. Make sense? And so all of the strength, all of the power, all of the insight of heaven lives inside of us, and we add that to the strengths that he already instilled in us. Does that make sense? Are we, are we good? 
Um, and there is this piece that we've been talking about, kind of the reality of, of living, out, living out the kingdom and bringing the kingdom to the world around us. And last week I mentioned about not forgetting about the supernatural side of that, right? And so this week I just want to touch real briefly on the aspect of what, what makes the supernatural possible in our life and how you and I have got to continue to hold on and push in to that peace because without it, we don't change the world, and that's the Holy Spirit. Now, everybody here knows that, right? But there's something that happens. Um, um, I'm going um, to pick on John and Ryan for a second. Ryan Har over here. Um, oh, no, we don't have another Ryan. For some reason, I thought we had another Man, that was a weird thing. So, you know, uh, both of these guys, they're, com- they're, they're, they're very different in a lot of ways, right? Um, John is extremely detailed and says he can do surgery because he watched YouTube, and I, I don't know. But he is, is very, very detailed. Like, when they're doing projects, when Zoe puts him to work, uh, and, and, you know, becomes that taskmaster that he talks about. Like, he's extremely precise and detailed, and he's methodical in how he works. Some of the stuff he's done here with banners and things like the signs, and, and I've watched him, I've been around him. I mean, he's so detailed. When you, when you see that piece of him move into the supernatural, whether that's giving someone a word or encouraging someone or just in a conversation, he begins to go into those deep things like that where it's, it's highly needed, right? And, and I, I see John as, you know, he's one of my best friends, man, and he's, he's, he's like that. He's smooth in that detail like that. And Ryan, one of my best friends, man, this guy's like a bulldozer. Um, he carries this thing that, you know, a lot of people have called a breaker, right? And, and uh, like a breaker anointing, like he, he just... He can, kind of like Angela, he can just kind of shift things when he talks. You hear him when he talks, right? Now we know where the kids get it from. (laughs) Adriana says, amen to that. (laughs) But you know, one thing about both of them that's very, very unique and on the same plane. It's happened twice where um, um, both of you guys have let out a yell in worship at different points. And this is something I'm not. I'm not in. This isn't an embarrassment thing. They. They. But we had this testimony around. And the first time it happened, Ryan just in the middle of worship, he just he just gave this yell, and and in worship we could feel. We talked about it afterwards. The team did. I don't know if y'all remember that. We could feel something building. We could sense it. That was all spiritual and supernatural. We could feel this thing. I was like, man, this is so cool. What's going on? All of a sudden. He lets out this, yeah, and when he did, it like, it's like something just complete, no, it's not like it did, something completely shifted in the atmosphere. There were things that broke, and the first time, uh, John, you've given, the, you told us a lot, you were supposed to do that, and you didn't, so shame, shame, because you caused all of us to miss an extra dose, but anyway, the next time around, John did yell, and he's done that before, whether that's in front of the speaker or, or whether that's out here, both of them have done that. Even though they're completely different men in their attributes, in their strengths, in the way they operate, and in the things that they do, right? But there's an aspect of, 
a part of them that is a gifting that when it releases, it's completely supernatural and it shifts something in that realm which affects this realm. Does that make sense? Do, do you guys, uh, I'm not, if I embarrass you, too bad. No. They both pick on me, so I get every right. No. <laughs> but see, like that, he says that and everybody can hear that and he's barely, no way. But that's because that's part of that, that gifting in him, right? And so the, the point is, is that different strengths and attributes can line up together in that same realm of the supernatural and affect and infect things around. Does that make sense? That's only possible by, in this case, those two stepping into that engagement with the supernatural. By them stepping into that engagement, excuse me, with the Holy Spirit. Um, sorry, I got to take a quick drink. I know, man, I'm hurrying up. He's hungry. He wants to go to Luby's or something. Oh, I got to stop talking about Luby's. Sorry. Sorry, Mark. Mark got on it. Man, you must really like Luby's or something. <laughs> Sorry, man, that's a 30-year-old Baptist joke. I guess i got to stop saying. So here in John 14, there is this other aspect that I, I just want to push into this morning. Um, and I want to be very, very careful here with how I say this because um, I've been known to not be careful. Thank you for that encouragement, Carrie. I absolutely, full-heartedly believe two million thousand percent, as my granddaughter would say, I believe in the Word. I believe in the Bible. I hold it most dear to my heart. I need it in my life every day. I need these words that we have. But we cannot lose sight of the fact that when Jesus was preparing the disciples and he was getting ready to leave, he says, hey, I'm going somewhere. And he didn't say, I'm leaving you my word. He said, I'm leaving you my spirit. Does that make sense? He didn't say, I'm going to leave you this, this, and this. He said, I'm leaving you my spirit. Here's what I mean by that. And this is also partly going after church culture and that spirit of religion. Um, you take the book of Corinthians, right? Um, there were some things going on in that community um, that have no bearing on us today here in America in the year 2022. The, the, the acts that they were doing, the, the physical interactions, how they were handling things. They're just some of them. But people have built a religious context around you don't do this because of this. Um, or they'll build a full denomination around you don't do this because of this. And it was something that was mentioned in a city 2,000 years ago because that's the way they had to do things back then. You know, the whole thing about um, even about um, um, women in uh, hair, right? Your long hair or not having long hair or whichever way it is or covering your head. You know, that's, that's not a God thing, that's a man thing. 
And I'm not here to bash any of that either way. The point is, is we, sh we can't take something that was for a specific time and place and people group and implement the entirety of God on that one hill. People believe that there, there are some people that believe that if a woman wears pants, that that's a sinful open door to hell kind of thing. <laughs> and I'm just here to say that in stuff like that, God is not looking at if you're wearing pants or not. Versus address. John, do not play like that. <laughs> Does this make sense? Um, you know, a big, big topic today uh, in, in, in our uh, country, it's not just today, uh, but when we look at the whole, and I've talked about this a bunch, the whole racism issue, right? And, and slavery gets brought up, and, and there's this thinking that America created slavery when they did not. It's even said that it's because it's mentioned in the Bible, and that's where people have built an understanding and an ideology that slavery was okay because God said, take care of your slave take care of your servant and be good to your master, you servants, right? When that was never, ever the intent or the, I mean, that is actually one of the things that I believe that God hates. Um, I, I believe that. But people built this understanding around it because of something they read that dealt with a certain culture and a concept of 2,000 years before that had no bearing on the heart of God that was what man did. Does any, I mean, no, I don't think any of us in here believe that God set slavery up, do we? Not at all. That was a man thing. And, and the thing is, is people that set that up in the name of God never once did they have a full understanding of the heart of God or of the understanding of what his spirit was saying. Does that make sense? Man, it's thick in here. Did I say something wrong? <laughs> we have to be fully aware that in this day and age that we are in tune with his word but being led by his spirit because it's his spirit that gives us his heart his passion his direction I can't follow the rules that, um, ah, never mind, let me not go there, sorry. How would you do? Reel it back, reel it back. Are y'all with me? Does this make sense? The, the, the thing that I, I, we have got to be careful of is that we don't misstep with his heart which is revealed to us by His Spirit. The Word gives us the foundation, and the Spirit gives us the application for every instance and situation. Uh, go into all the world and preach the gospel. I don't think that these guys ever imagined that we would be flying people from one nation to another. And, and you know, they're actually, um, Elon Musk is talking about a hologram thing that is in the works right now, um, and they will actually, they're, they're talking about using this from the, from the aspect of sharing the gospel that you'll be able to have some kind of, an iPhone or something, a little pad thing, 
that you can push a button and a hologram will come up and we'll be able to speak back and forth from around the world. Like, is that not crazy or what? They didn't have any concept or idea of that when they, when, when, when Jesus, I'm sorry, when they wrote down what he was saying. They weren't thinking about that. Um, they didn't have an understanding for that. And anyway, sorry, I'm getting off track a little bit. Uh, since some of you don't believe me, let's, um, let's look at uh, John 14 here. <laughs> um, so Jesus is already talking. He's the way, the truth, the life, and, and all this, right? And he comes up to this point. And uh, I'm going to read out of the New American Standard, and then I'm going to hit a few points in the Passion. In verse 16 of chapter 14, are you all there? John 14, verse 16, he says, I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper, uh, that he may be with you forever. Uh, And that is the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it does not see him nor know him, but you know him because he abides with you and will be in you. I also want to begin to push into this this understanding of abidance, right? He who dwells in the secret place will abide under the shadow of the Almighty, right? So here Jesus is talking about that same understanding of abiding, and he's telling you and I that we know him, we know Holy Spirit because he abides with you and will be in you. So that means not only is he in me, but he's walking with me. Right? He says, uh, I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. Uh, after a little while, the world will no longer see me, but you will see me because I live. You will live also. Verse 20 says, In that day, you know, sorry, in that day, you will know that I am in the Father and you in me and I in you. And he who has my commandments will, and keeps them is he who loves me and he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and will disclose myself to him. Rabbit trail, what's the one commandment that Jesus gave us? Love one another. That's it. That's what he said is to love one another. Anyway, sorry, had to point that out. So uh, then Judas, not, not, not Iscariot, right? He jumps in and he asks this question, and... Um, Jesus says in verse 23, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word. Uh, My Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our abode right, with him. Verse 24, He who does not love me does not keep my word, and the word which you hear is not mine, but the Father's who sent me. But look at verse 25. These things I have spoken to you while abiding with you, but the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, He will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I said. He goes on to talk about his peace and uh, about the Father is greater than him and on and on. Jump over to verse or chapter 15. He starts talking about he's the vine. um, And we we went over this just not too long ago. Um, Let me see. Oh, wait, I missed something. Let me hang on a second. What did I miss? Go over to chapter 16, sorry. Um, this is where he goes into talking more about Holy Spirit. Uh, verse 5, chapter 16, verse 5 of John, he says, But now I'm going to him who sent me. 
And none of you ask me, where are you going? Uh, but because I have said these things to you, you sorrow, uh, sorrow has filled your heart. I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper uh, will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. In verse 8, uh, and when he comes, he goes into talking about what he'll do, about conviction of sin, uh, judgment, and things like that. Um, and concerning righteousness uh, and judgment, uh, verse 12, he says, I have many more things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. But look at verse 13. But when he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all the truth. Uh, who's the truth? Jesus is. He's the way, the truth, and the life, right? So here he's telling us, hey, Holy Spirit is going to come, and he's going to guide you into all the truth. Holy Spirit's going to lead and guide us into all the things about Jesus. And it doesn't stop there. Uh, he will speak. Oh, sorry. I missed, I missed it. Uh, you got your own truth. For he will not speak on his own initiative, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will disclose to you what is to come. Uh, he will glorify me, uh, speaking about Jesus, for he will take of mine and will disclose it to you. And all the things that the Father has are mine. Therefore, I said that he takes care of mine and discloses it to you. He goes on and on. Uh, and here is this aspect that he reveals the Father's heart and Jesus' desires straight to you of things that are happening now and things that are going to happen. Did, did you all see that? Does that make sense, what we just read? That, that's, that's slammed together what he's talking about. Um, I wanted to point out something about Holy Spirit. Um, this is a note that Brian Simmons, uh, who wrote The Passion, um, Something that he said, uh, which is really, really cool. Let me go back um, to chapter 14 in the Passion. I'm going to read just a few verses to you real quick. If you have the Passion, uh, check it out. It's pretty cool. Um, and in verse 16, man, I need better light up here. I'm getting old. There we go. Um, oh, he says, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another Savior, the Holy Spirit of truth, who will be to you a friend just like me, and he will never leave you, and the world won't receive him because they can't see him or know him, but you know him intimately because he remains with you and will live inside of you. Amen? Um, and then... Verse 20, uh, da, 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 da. oh no, sorry, that's not it. Um, verse 25, uh, he says, I am telling you this while I am still with you, but, verse 26, when the Father sends the Spirit of holiness, uh, the one like me who sets you free, he will teach you all things in my name, and he will inspire you to remember every word that I have told you. So these are, these, are the, these are the, I'm going to call them the responsibilities of the Holy Spirit. I, uh, I used to think you couldn't say things like that about God, right? Uh, but this is what he said. This is his word. 
It's his promise and his responsibility is to reveal to you and I what is and what is to come in the Father's heart and Jesus' intentions. Are you all with me? Okay. So let me read you this this uh, note that Brian Simmons put on here. It's really amazing. Talking about verses uh, 16 and 17. Um, the, um, the Greek word, uh, uh, alos, which means another of the same kind. And he's referencing uh, that he says, I will ask the Father to give you another Savior. So, the reason that I'm, I'm fixing to read as to why he put the word Savior in there, but most of us know that I'll give you another helper, right? So here's, here's the word. It's alos, and it means another of the same kind. And as Jesus is the Savior from the guilt of sin, the Holy Spirit is the Savior who saves us from the power of sin by living through us in fullness. That's crazy good, right? So not only to give us the empowerment to not walk the way that he doesn't want us to walk, but the empowerment to yell out with your gift, right? Or to see that person in that line that just needs a hello or that person that needs help in some form or fashion uh, or, the, or the, 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 even the one he empowers us to say, man, this and this and this is what I'm seeing is going to happen. Let me go on with his notes. Um, in, the, in the part uh, where it says that he calls him the, let me read it, verse 16 and 17, and I will ask the Father and he will give you another Savior, the Holy Spirit of truth, right, who will be to you a friend just like me, he will never leave you. So talking about that little phrase, the Greek word that's used here is parakletos, a technical word that can be translated as defense attorney. It also means one called to stand next to you as a helper. Various translations have rendered this as counselor or comforter or advocate or encourager or intercessor um, or helper. However, none of these words alone are adequate and they fall short in explaining the full meaning of what was written and said in the Greek. Make sense? So, the translator for the Passion has chosen the word Savior, for it depicts the role of the Holy Spirit uh, to protect and defend and save us from ourself and our enemies, and at the same time keep us whole and healed. He is the one who guides and defends, comforts and consoles. Keep in mind that the Holy Spirit is the Spirit of Christ our Savior. The Aramaic word is parakleta, which is taken from two root words, prak, which it means to end or to finish or to save, and lita, uh, which is the curse. For a beautiful, what a beautiful word picture that the Holy Spirit comes to end the work of the curse of sin in our lives and to save us from its every effect. Paracleta means a redeemer who ends the curse. And there's strong uh, numbers there. If you want them, I'll be glad to give them to you. The Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit, or he's not the, you know. <laughs> I tried to get away from that for a long time. 
Holy Spirit. He's a person, right? Holy Spirit is the root and the very inside portion of us that the Father lives and breathes through and in. And what I'm, what I'm wanting so desperately to try to convey today is that all of this strength is in you already because he wrote it into your very DNA of who you are. You as an individual, right? That's in you already. But there's this other piece of him being in you that pushes you and opens the door to you to push beyond your own strengths and, and, and the power of this world that you've gotten and pushing it into the power of the world that he gave us. That's that supernatural world that you and I have full access to. Does this make sense? Like, Holy Spirit is the one that speaks and guides, defends, leads, protects. And not just, not just the conviction of, oh, you shouldn't do this. But when we combine who we are, who he made us to be with the him living in us and run with that, that's how we change the world. That's how you guys change the atmosphere in here with your worship. Or how Miss Angela does it. All for truth. Right? Is that how they do it on the island? There you go. I love when she walks in and we're in worship practice and she comes in and she says something. Pasta! Like even just her like pointing at me. That's because she's got the strength of that commanding and leadership, but it's powered with that same type of breaker anointing and that able, the ability to shift atmospheres. So couple that with Holy Spirit and let's change the world. Does this make sense? I, 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 my hope was that today we would walk out of here with a fresh understanding of, man, I, I have, where are you at, Lord? What are you doing? What are you speaking? Where, where, that, that constant sense of connection and understanding. Man, he's not a battery that dies out, and he's not a DeWalt, you know, 20 amp that's got to be recharged. We're the ones that run out, <laughs> Right? Because he never leaves us or forsakes us. He's living inside. We just read it. He abides in us. Right? Um, does this make sense? So now how do we go out here and change the world around us? How do we, uh, how do, we do that? Um, some of that we're waiting on y'all to tell us. True. I don't know how to change the art world, but you do. That's your whole insight. And then you have all these, who knew that we had all these amazing artist, artistry, weird people in here, right, with us. Here's one right here. <laughs> and she came all the way from Argentina, right? And she's amazing. And she's on her team. 
right? We've got Lydia and Sarah and, and, on, and there's others on and on, right? But I, I, you know what I can do in the art world? Not much. But they have an insight and a way in, right? That's, that's just an example. So let's find our own strength. There's no, nothing wrong with knowing what you're good at. Thank you. I mean, that's a true statement. What is your strength, right? John, you're good at detail. You're good at that. Even when you're not listening in church, you're good at detail. So good, man. You know, I, I talk about Kevin all the time. He's this genius at building stuff. Ronnie's amazing at business and, and dealing with people. And, you know, like talking about Ryan a while ago, man, he, when he works, man, he's like a bulldozer. He will get it done. Everybody get out of my way. I'll do it. My, he's the boss. He's not supposed to be doing that stuff, but he tells all them kids, get out of my way. Right? Yeah, you got to get it done. I mean, I could go on and on and on. Know your strength. Know what you're weak at, too. And let Holy Spirit begin to... There's not even a balance to shift because the stronger we grow, the deeper we grow in Him, the stronger we become. Those weaknesses that we have, man, they just wash away. I love it, man. It's not a balance with Christ. It's a fullness. I love it, man. He doesn't look to balance us out. He abides in us. He lives in us. Holy Spirit, hey, man. Hey, Chris. Father is saying this. Now, he doesn't speak to me like that a lot of times, man. I hear my dad so much. Man, hey, boy. For the longest time, I thought my name was boy. Between him, my two grandpas. Boy, don't do that. Boy, come here. <laughs> There's one time a bunch of us were at the, a bunch of the kids in the neighborhood were down there. And I would hear that, and I just would run. Wherever it was coming from, that's where I had to get to, right? Hey, boy, come here. And all the other guys were like, man, who are they talking to? Oh, no, I know my daddy's voice, and I know that word. He would say it, boy, but it really said, get your self. But that's not what he said. Get your over here now. Anyway, I don't mean to ramble, but... Um, I just, I just want so much uh, for myself and for you to tap into every aspect of the dynamite that is in you along with the strength that you already have. And let's get out here and change these people's lives for the better because they, they just don't know. They just don't know. So let's go take them this good news. Amen? In whatever area that is, artistry, and on and on and on. Thank you. It's so amazing. You know, Chris Sanchez has been with us the longest, man. You're getting old, man. You're like me. You're getting up there. <laughs> and you know, that guy is such, he has such an evangelist heart. 
And, and the way that we used to do evangelism, it, it, it just, I think it can work in certain ways, but I, I think for the majority it doesn't. But that guy, he's got the, the heart to tell everybody about the goodness of Jesus, and he's got this core inside of him that does not quit. And his wife is the epitome of freedom. Anahi is the epitome of freedom. Is that true? I remember when that girl got free from all that junk, right? Woo, man, this whole place shook. <laughs> it shook. And together, they're amazing, right? Chris works on these chemical oil rig plants, design them and all that stuff, and has people right outside the building wanting to commit suicide, and he jumps on that, right? And they're amazing. Same thing, we, go, we could go on and on. That's their strengths. So they tap into that when Holy Spirit says, and they change people's lives. It's good stuff, amen? Good Lord, I'm going to go on and on. I'm sorry. Let's all stand because Mia's table is going to stop selling. No, just kidding. Yes, ma'am. You want to thank me. Ellen, you got to start doing that to me, man. You're going to... Amen. Man, thank you, Helen. That means the world to me. Thank you very much. Ah. All right, Raquel, your turn. Mm. Father, I just thank you for such an amazing group of people. And uh, I thank you that we're, uh, we're not locked into this thing, that we know what we're doing because we don't. We're trying to figure it out as we go. And I love that your, your Holy Spirit is guiding and leading us. You're loving enough to let us make some mistakes and trip and get right back up and run with you. And I love, love that we have people that are unafraid uh, to step into an unknown and just change the world with you. And it's a safe place to do that, Father. And I thank you that you have, uh, that you've saved us from uh, such garbage and junk. I thank you. There's no more shame in here. I thank you that you, Holy Spirit, are truly rocking our world and changing our insight and our intellect, our understanding. You're changing how we do things, how we understand things. You're changing our insight with people. Uh, you're giving us just such a, a heart to see the world turned into a different understanding. And I thank you so much. I look forward to what you want to do this year. But right now today, I pray for an influx of understanding, an influx of uh, there's this picture I have of, of when our eyes, when we focus in on something and we can really see it. Um, I, I pray that that's the thing you would do with our vision, almost like old, old, the old binoculars, how we would turn them just slightly to clear up the focus of something far off. I pray, Lord, that as we walk throughout this next moments of our life, that our spiritual focus and understanding that we would 
we would we would tighten the binocular uh, into focus and we would see what you're wanting us to see and we would hear your voice as you reveal to us your heart for what you want to do. And I thank you, Father. I pray your blessing over each and every person in this place. For everybody, if you're watching on YouTube, uh, if you're listening here on Zoom or the podcast, man, uh, we just... We just continue to speak over every single person and release just a deeper insight and focus of what Holy Spirit wants to do because you have not left us. You are in us and abide with us so that you can speak Father's heart to us. Lord, I say speak away. Speak away, Father. Do it, Holy Spirit. Just, just, just release everything you can that we can totally grasp right now, whatever we're capable of understanding just, just speak it out over us. Speak in our hearts. Let us completely and just uninhibited, uh, have uninhibited attention to what you're saying, Father. And I thank you so much. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. If you need prayer for something specific, man, come and see us up here. We love you all. Be praying for the rest of the family that's out and doing all this world-changing stuff that they decided to go do, right? We love you all. God bless and be safe.